0: Hello, everyone. I'm thrilled today to be with Liza Lomax, who is a holistic weight release expert who helps folks drop weight and on more than just a physical level. Liza is also a holistic nutritionist, Reiki Master, NLP, EFT, TFT, and REBT, and an emotional intelligence practitioner and speaker. Liza struggled for many years with that stronghold of emotional eating and now is determined to help folks and their battle as well find their authenticity and love their reflection. Liza's also a world traveler, has been living locationally independent for about three years now and loves it. She says that she has traveled. All over, and will continue to until she finds her forever home
1: or homes. Welcome, Liza, to the podcast. Thank you for having me, and I'm so happy to be here.
0: So, tell us about your journey with um, and how you became a holistic weight release expert, and also um, how you've overcome the challenges of emotional eating because, of course, we're now in a brand new year and people and their their resolutions. And I'm definitely emotional and I definitely have emotional eating issues. So um, let's start there. Where did it start for you? And when did you realize it?
1: Well, first of all, everyone struggles with some form of emotional eating because we all turn to food to fill our bodies so we don't feel an emotion. And we do this. All of us do this. (laughs) And then resolutions. Oh my gosh. Don't even get me started. I call them intentions, like setting intentions, never resolutions. But how I got started was I have my own transformational story as to why I do what I do. I struggled with body image, eating disorders, toxic relationships, I struggled with diets, you know, always trying the latest, greatest, Uh, hanging out on that hamster wheel, that merry-go-round, going around and around and around, always trying to find that quick fix. Like if I just lose some weight, I'll be happy. If I just did this, I'll be happy. You know, if I just did that and really stayed in this level of perfectionism and put on a mask and played a role and played a part for a huge chunk of my life. And I've been a hundred pounds and I've been over 300 pounds and it never mattered where I was on the scale, no pun intended. I was always unhappy with who I saw in the mirror. And so really a lot of what I do is helping people look at themselves in the mirror, naked really, and love what they see. Because what's the first thing we do when we go to the mirror every single morning? We nitpick at every single little imperfection. We do this. All of us do this all the time. <laughs> we're self-rejecting ourselves. You know, we're we're giving ourselves this message that I don't like you as you are and I will only like you if you change. I think about that. That's really harsh that we reject ourselves. And so I I had spent that huge chunk of my life. And even after losing 105 pounds, I was still unhappy with who I saw in the mirror. And it took me a while, (laughs) a lot of healing, a lot of working with coaches, working with people. I mean, I would classify myself as a high achiever. And that's typically the people that I work with because as high achievers, entrepreneurs, business coaches, spiritual coaches, what do we do? We put ourselves on the back burner the most because we're there to serve our people and we forget and we neglect and we forget to take care of ourselves and our bodies. And so I, for me, I hit a rock bottom. Not everybody has to hit a rock bottom, but I did and had that realization that, um, I didn't love myself and I've never loved, I had never loved myself. And I never got a book of how to love self. So I took the route of going and, and, and reading every self-help book. And now, nowadays, personal development is like a huge thing. Like everybody does something. Back then, it was like you were hiding in the corner of a Barnes Noble, hoping somebody did not see you but, and was wondering what's wrong with that person. You know, so this was a little bit more. It was a little different. And so I did all the things that you think you're supposed to do. I did the health self-help books. I went out, reached out to every guru. I did therapy. You know, I went and I sat on a couch and I talked to a therapist, but it was for me and not to discredit any therapists out there. It's just for me, it wasn't working because I didn't feel like rehashing the same story over and over and over again. I wanted something to happen. And something to change. And I still continuously kept going outside of myself until I had this epiphany one day that I was like, oh, wait a minute. Ooh, this is an inside job. I have to take care of what's going on in the inside first before I can change the outside, if that is what I really truly desired. And so I did that very same thing. I said, okay, well, how do I change the inside? How do, I, how do I fix? Well, at the time I thought I needed a fix. First of all, we don't need to fix anything. We're not broken. <laughs> what needs to change is the habits and the behaviors and the sabotaging patterns and the things that trigger us and all those stories we've been telling ourselves over and over and over our entire lives. That's what needs to be changed. That's what needs to be reframed. You know, we're essentially conditioned to be a certain way because essentially our, our, our trauma is just generational. It was just passed down from generation to generation to generation. And so a lot of our beliefs and our value systems and our stories aren't even ours. And when I had that realization, I was like, oh, well, then I can change my beliefs. I can change my habits. I can change the story that I've been telling myself. I can change the narrative. I'm the author of my own life. Why can't I rewrite a new chapter? Why can't I rewrite a new book, you know, per se? And so having that epiphany, I realized so many of us go outside of ourselves for happiness, for fulfillment, to change something about ourselves when really the work has to be done inside. It's an inside out job. Once we can take care of what's going on inside, then hey, if you desire to lose some weight, if you desire to change something about yourself or look a certain way, well, then do that. But normally, by the time you get there, you accept everything that you see in the mirror, even naked. And so that's a huge part of the transformational journey that I take people through, really guiding them and repairing that mind body food relationship. And releasing the weight for good. And what I mean by, you know, when you said, you know, more than just a physical level, what I mean by that is that we have, we carry a mental baggage. We carry emotional baggage. Some of us carry spiritual baggage because we've been so spiritually traumatized, you know, with religion just thrusted upon us and psychological baggage. And once a person can really deal with that baggage, the physical weight falls off. It's magical. <laughs> wow! Well, so I, I call myself a magician because I hope people do that to magically have the weight disappear. It's it's it, It's so fascinating how it happens. Um,
0: amazing, and I totally see what you're saying. One of the other questions, though, or one of the other, um issues for a lot of women is as caregivers they try to they try to people please so you're speaking about your own perceptions and your own reality but what happens to the people who um become people pleasers and are doing things that are not fulfilling for themselves but they keep trying to get it right to be loved by someone else.
1: Um, what about that aspect of all of this? Well, yeah. So, I mean, I was a people pleaser. I was what I like to call a doormat. I let people walk all over me. I did everything that everybody else wanted. And I knew that that was, I was unhappy. I wasn't, it wasn't serving me. It wasn't supporting me in any way, fashion or any way at all. It wasn't, it wasn't serving me. And when people are in that space, first of all, if you identify as a woman, you've been conditioned to be an unpaid caregiver for the rest of your life. We've been conditioned to be unpaid caregivers, which is complete BS. You know, it's really this to to put ourselves in that that space, we become unhappy. We become uh, we create a lot of disease in our body, which eventually turns to disease, which is a whole other topic I could talk about. But you know. When it comes to being the people pleaser, it's like you have to learn how to please yourself. You have to learn how to love yourself because once the person can love themselves, can put themselves first, priority number one, because they do work with a lot of moms, a lot of people who have children. In order for everything else to work out around you, you have to focus on yourself first. You have to put yourself priority number one you come first in life because that does in turn help everyone else around you. Now we have the opposite because we've been conditioned, we've been brainwashed to think it's the complete opposite, when in actuality, it's not. Because you know that saying like, when mama ain't happy, nobody's happy? It's true. It's totally true. If you're not happy with yourself, nobody around you is going to be happy. <laughs> so learning to put yourself First is it, it's a it, it is a big step and I'm all about getting out of your comfort comfort zone. I always make a ton of posts this time of the year about getting out of your zo- getting out of that zone, get out of that zone because the only way to change and grow and evolve as what I call, because we're spiritual beings having a human experience, in order for us to evolve in these human bodies, we have to do what's necessary to take care of ourselves. We have to learn, we have to grow, we have to, you know, do what's necessary. We have to reframe and decondition ourselves and reprogram ourselves, you know, and it's, it it is hard and it is challenging. But once you get out of that zone, once you take that first step, everything else actually does fall into place. It's just taking that first step that we think is just so hard and so difficult. And it's, it's fear-based and it, there's so much with so many things in this world, there's so many things that are fear-based and we're meant to thrive as human beings. We're not meant to just survive. We're meant to thrive. And fear is like, for me, I look at fear as being a roadmap, you know? So if I come across something and it's fear and it's like, okay, well, what's on the other side? Because what's on the other side is what I need to get to. So how can I work through this limiting belief, which is fear, you know, this fear? But how can I work through this limiting belief to get to the other side? Because otherwise I'm gonna stay stuck here forever. And I don't wanna be stuck in this space forever. Nobody wants to. People want to be joyful. They want to be happy. They wanna have fulfillment. They wanna love themselves. They want love. They want support. They want stability. They want security. All of those things are inside of you. It's all inside of you. So
0: (laughs) you got to do the work. I love that visual of the obstacle. I mean, I can just see it, that there's an obstacle in the road. You're afraid of going past that obstacle and Mm -hmm. seeing what's on the other side. I've never thought about fear from that perspective. Oh, yeah. I mean, people in the past have said, well, what's the worst case scenario? But I've never thought about it instead of the worst case scenario. OK, fine. What happens if I go around the the obstacle? Mm-hmm. What am I going to see? I right.
1: love that visual. Yeah, yeah. I, I look at fear as being like the jumping off point to to a better uh, not necessarily better, but just like a different route, a different way, because if you're stuck in this rat race and you're in your own life and you're stuck in this space and you get to this roadblock and it's whatever it is, whatever limiting belief it is, you're never going to go past that until you realize that it's just it's just a jumping off point. It's just a it's just a road map, because what happened? We're driving down the road. We don't stop at every single stop sign or stop at every sign. We'll see a sign that says so many miles this way, or see a sign that speed limit this, or see, I mean, they're just navigational points, you know, it's like, or just like not warnings, but like just telling us, like, hey, there's something coming up. You need to look at it. And if it's okay, it's always okay. You can proceed forward. So go forward. I love that. So, um,
0: okay. So it's possible to embrace these. I've I've now embraced the um, the wording of releasing weight instead of losing yes. it because yes. I understand that if you lose it, you want to find it again, which is definitely right. not something I want to do. Um, no. So what you're saying is that with coaching, people can actually do the work and change. Tell us about the importance of having a coach and the difference between a coach and let's say a self-help book or a therapist, because a coach is a totally different category, especially in this area.
1: Yes, yes. So coaches need coaching, teachers need teaching, healers need healing. Usually teachers, coaches, healers, whomever, They need it the most. And so that's why they do what they do. Because they're always like a couple steps ahead of that person that they're working with. And they've always, for me personally, I believe that you have to have done the work yourself. Yeah, you can go out and get certifications. Like, yes, I like to learn. I've got certified in a multitude of different things. It's the experience. It's actually Physically gone, I've physically gone through that work and I've done that work. And so I believe that if you're to be a successful coach, you have to have all of it. You have to have been there, done that, you have to walk the walk and talk the talk. Most people don't say, well, they get on a call with you and say, Well, what are you certified in? Or what are your certifications or whatever your what are your qualifications? People don't do that. They want results. And if they see, have seen that you had your own results and you have all this other results from other people, they're going to go with you. That's, that's, they just want results and they're going to resonate with you because they resonate with you because of your story. So that's a huge thing for me. That's my personal opinion. Why somebody needs a coach, because you can't do this stuff on your own. Like I said, coaches need coaching, healers need healing, teachers need teaching, we all need it. You can't do this on your own. And it's not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength to ask for help because we all are in this world together. We all need to support each other. We all need to love each other. We all need to care about each other and we all need help. And that's okay. It's okay to ask. I mean, being a high achiever, it's 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 a little bit more difficult to ask for help because You're successful in everything, you know, except (laughs) you have this one Achilles heel, as I call it, you know, that you struggle with. And so it's like, okay, well, how can you not struggle with that? How can you be successful in all areas of your life? So reaching out, asking for help, asking for support, because people invest in them. People, you know, like if you're a coach or a spiritual coach or a business coach or an entrepreneur, or high achiever of some sort. You have people that reach out to you, that invest in you. So you need to turn that around and remember to invest in yourself. So everybody needs that. So yeah, so it's really about walking the walk and talking the talk, having the story, having the experience. And of course, having the certifications and those kinds of things helps a little. Yes. Um, but it's, uh, to me, it's more about the experience. And so we uh yeah, reaching out and, and getting a coach is very vital.
0: Yeah. Um, one of the things that you've said in a previous interview um, and that I also find fascinating is one of the issues that a lot of people have, and you touched on it when you said that you started by reading self-help books. The biggest issue with self-help books per se is that sometimes you're not asking the the right question or you're looking for an answer to a problem that may not actually be the issue that you need help with. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. think that there's going to be a fix and the name and you you think the name of the fix is X, y, Z when if you speak to a coach like you, you discover that, that's really not what you need. Um, one of the things that you spoke about in a previous interview was the ability to have um, uh, an emotional, uh, a, um, I just lost my words, not an emotional, connect. Uh, being somewhat of an intuitive mm-hmm. to understand what people are asking and really grasp uh. The questions they're asking and how to find a solution. Um, Speak more about that from your perspective and how you help your clients.
1: Yes. So I am, uh, I have a bunch of different uh, healing modalities. Um, I do have, I've been an intuitive my entire life, I've been empathic. And really what that means is I feel like I can get on a much deeper level with people because again, like I said, you know, some of us were spiritually traumatized and we have belief systems that have been, that we have been conditioned to believe in, and we don't necessarily believe in them anymore. And I really feel like a lot of us, all of us are innately intuitive. All of us have, you know, that little voice in our head or feel that gut or we, get to a stop sign. And we're like, okay, maybe I should turn right. I'm going to turn left today. And then you find out if you turn right, there was a car accident that happened. So it's like listening to getting on a deeper level. And so I tune in to the energy of a person. Like we all are emitting an energy. We we learn that from science that we are energetic beings and we vibrate at such a high caliber that we create It creates a solid mass, which is what we are. We're solid mass because we're vibrating at such a high caliber. So we're completely made up of energy. And so what happens when energy gets discombobulated? It goes all wonky, goes all crazy, goes all, ah, you know, and it creates all this other dis-ease in the body, which eventually, like I've said before, turns to dis-ease. So being an intuitive, I can really tap into that energy. And it doesn't matter whether you're online or in person. It actually is online when you're in your own space and you're in your own area, it's a it's a it's a lot quieter, quieter in the ether (laughs) to reach out to somebody because they're in they're comfortable, they're in their space, they're more vulnerable, they're more relaxed. So to tap into that energy and say, Okay, this is what I'm feeling on my end, and this is what I'm experiencing. You tell me what if I'm correct or not. Normally I'm They are. I'm correct, but it's like just getting on a much deeper level than just the physical and the emotional and the psychological, you know, it's it's really tapping in on a whole deeper spiritual level with people and people appreciate that and they understand that. And sometimes I take it to a science base because some people understand science more than spirituality, but science and spirituality go hand in hand. They really are intertwined, and so that's why I talk about the energy of us being—we're energy—and and then talk about the spiritual aspect of it because we're all intuitive and we all have these gifts. We just choose to believe them or not. And so I've been—I've been a medium since I was five years old. I've been able to just know things and experience things and be able to communicate on a whole different level than a lot of other people were my age. Like nobody I knew was like me. <laughs> um, but a part of my story is that a lot of those gifts were denied and they were shut off. And I was told that they were evil and they were bad and they needed to shut them off. And so that was part of my, that's part of my my journey as well as just rediscovering that those were a gift. And whether you believe in God, higher source, higher power, I really believe that those are a gift, and I need to utilize them. And how can I utilize them? I incorporate them into my coaching practice. Yeah
0: That's really amazing and wonderful, and I and so incredibly helpful, um because, as I said before, it's so difficult. When you're trying to find answers and you don't know how to ask the question, so in your travels, what have you found um, in terms of the different people that who you've met and in the in the in different countries um, what have you? Seen in terms of women and their self image and how they perceive themselves. Um, what are some of the differences and similarities?
1: Um, there's, I would say, predominantly the US is very fixated on image, fixated on what the outer exterior looks like. It's getting a little better, but it's still there's still a lot of backlash and a back, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it's I've noticed I've been in a multitude of different states. I've been to every state except for Alaska and Hawaii. And I visited all of the states. You know, I've, I've, I've been in contact with a, a plethora of different kinds of people. I would say the U.S. is probably the most broken when it comes to that uh the uk is a little bit on the edge there too and but i have noticed in other countries uh spain france denmark that people don't care they don't give a shit like your body is your body like you are it's your body and accept it the way it is i mean you go walking down the street and there's like there are more models like larger looking models in advertisements than there are that I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's just normal. It's like you go to the, um, you go to the gym or you go to a swimming pool, a swimming pool, an indoor swimming pool. People are just walking around naked. I mean, it's like, that's, it's the body. It's like no big deal. Like you're going to have cellulite and, and saggy boobs and, you know, bigger hips and maybe a tummy and you're going to have these things, and, but nobody cares. So it's, it's really interesting and fascinating. I was in Malta too. And I noticed this I was in the Malta over the summer. And I noticed that it was, it was like people just, they're like, this is my body. So I'm going to wear a bikini. I'm going to strut my stuff because that's who I am. And that's just, that's my body. And I'm accepting of it. So I really find that out of all the places in the world that I have been to so far, there's a whole bunch of other places in this world, not just the 11 countries that I've lived in. The U.S. is the most, again, like I said, broken when it comes to body image and how we see ourselves. And we're always fixated on trying to change something. And it's getting younger and younger and younger in age. I mean, I've seen toddlers get on scales and say, mommy, I'm fat. Where do you think they're learning that from? You know, I've I've had my nieces that have been seven and eight who have come home and said, mom, I need to start dieting because so-and-so is skinnier than I am or they're more accepted than I am. That's just a disordered relationship. That's just a disordered relationship, which eventually turns into an eating disorder waiting to happen. And I know that from personal experience because I I that same thing happened to me. So it's, it's up to us to break the cycle and it's up to us, you know, that have been stuck in that mode that were that, you know, 12 year old, that the mom, you know, 12 year old in the, you know, in the sixties and seventies or eight, even eighties that said, Hey, we're going to weight watchers because you're getting fat. You know, like your mother said, we're going to weight watchers because you're, you know, you're, you're, you're putting on a little, little bit of pounds or you're having that uncle Frank, who's pitching your cheek saying, Oh, you better lose that bat. So it's it's learning when to say no. It's learning when to set boundaries. It's learning to accept yourself as you are right then in that moment. Like accept who you are in this present moment and be present with yourself. And if you want to change, that's fine. But you have to take the necessary steps first to make that change happen. And. They have it very ass backwards in the US in a lot of ways, in a lot of different ways, not just body image, but just there's so many things that are very backwards and yeah, it's just, it's so unhappy and unhealthy and, you know, it's up to people like me and other people that I, that I hang out with, that I support, that I'm, you know, that I follow, you know, it's up to us to. To help shift that perspective for people, you know, or help them realize there's a different perspective. There's a different way of looking at this. And you don't have to be stuck in this hamster wheel going around and around and around.
0: Yeah. And to find um, happiness and self-acceptance.
1: Yes. 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 Yeah.
0: So, and so important. So important. And uh, people focus on image rather than health and they focus on mm-hmm. um quick fixes that don't exist and then they fall right back into the same yep. uh, what you were yep. saying before the same hamster wheel and they keep going around and around um mm-hmm. so you help people virtually so it doesn't matter mm-hmm. where you are you can help no.
1: people. Um, mm-hmm. tell us where people can find you oh goodness i'm on every social media platform uh best way to find me is through my website. It's just my first and last name, Lizalomax.com. I'm also on Facebook, uh Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. I'm everywhere. You can just Google my name and you'll find it. You'll find me somewhere.
0: <laughs> that is so wonderful. Um I am so excited about. Um, The fact that you've been on the podcast and how many people you're able to help with uh, what you do. And it's certainly, as I said before, so many times we don't know the questions to ask. And you can help people find the the issues that they're truly struggling with, not just the issues they think they're struggling.
1: with. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. So many people think that they're. They're struggling with, yeah, like you said, they're like, oh, I I need to fix this. I need to fix this. But it's like, okay, well, we'll fix that. But what's really going on underneath the surface? What's going on behind here, behind the scenes? Let's work on that first. That's the juiciest. Yeah.
0: Amazing. So for all of our listeners, all of that information will be in the show notes. I truly encourage everyone who's listening, um, reach out, ask for help and um, all Liza's information will be in the show notes. Thank you so very much for
1: joining me today. Thank you for having me, Anne. I was so so grateful when you asked me to be on your podcast. So I, I really appreciate being here today. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us. Please follow us, submit a rating and review, and share us with your friends. This helps our message reach more listeners. For more information about my products, visit justwantedtoask.com. Thank you.